theaters everywhere, actor oh. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine. It's important that, that we are, and like I've mentioned uh, regarding 2020, it's important that we have a hardcore plan, but we're light on our feet and we cannot let some of the changing variables be a significant component of our performances. And so, you know, crowds, no crowd, artificial noise, the quality of music, all of those things are subject to change based on venue and circumstances. And that's just something that we all got to learn to deal with. So I reserve opinion in that regard. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So that's Mike Tomlin, and he said, hardcore plan, but light on our feet. And uh, that 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 shows you that they, things can change uh, real quick. And they did. And, and you know, uh, Saturday Night Lights, they had crowd noise. Yeah, well, they had here's, there's a, first. There's a couple of things. It yeah. wasn't Saturday Night Lights until like the last third of practice, right? Right. Because right. it was still very light out in yeah. the sky until we saw like the dark clouds coming. Yeah. Then it was like, ooh. Did you get out in time? Oh yeah, I got yeah, out in time, yeah. man. That was. Did you see the big, huge chain lightning? Yeah, that started yeah, yeah, hitting? yeah, yeah, yeah. Gadzooks! It made every roughly tremble. I, I, I was, I was sitting on. Uh, uh, the port back porch because it, it covering and your it, coco loco chalooch. I, I tell you, I, I love lightning. I know I love you extreme do. Extreme weather. If you had family members that got donked with it, you wouldn't be so high uh, and mighty yeah, on that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not afraid to get uh, struck by lightning. <laughs> so says my, the human lamp. Not joking. You had your, your son had to say, Dad. Time to get off the mountain because we're above the clouds here, and there's a lightning storm coming in. You know, Clay and I were hiking, and we uh, reached a summit, a, a dinosaur back uh, in Lake of the Clouds. What's a dinosaur back? You, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's not a uh, peak. Uh, it's a humpback. Yeah, it's a humpback. And uh, uh, we were on that uh, uh, we were on that dinosaur back, and it was cool. And the clouds were coming in and it was lightning and thundering and it was at eye level and i was i was so infatuated by that and i said wow and clay kept going dad we got to get down and i said well, wait 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 clay <laughs> and, and he said dad we got to get down and then i said wait 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 i want to see it come in and he said dad there's lightning all around us and we're on the top of the mountain so we got to get down and i said okay Clay. My dad's been hit. My sister's been hit. My uh, cousin, she she Your got sister, nicked. Which yes. sister? Lynn Ray. Lynn Ray? Lynn Ray, when she was out walking, hit an umbrella. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something, man. There's something about being a wolfly yeah. that attracts lightning. It's like being a, it's like a, being a, a human, what, the... Uh, you know, lightning. That's like the great outdoors. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, exactly. The guy, the that's guy, skunk hairdo. Yeah, that's skunk. Yes. Yeah. 
That, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So and actually, also there is uh, my great grandfather. Uh, he one of his one of the twins was killed. Wow! One of the babies. Yeah, there's. Wow. Yeah, there's there's something about being a wolfly that makes uh, makes you very uh, electrically conducive to lighten up like a you know Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. So you know when we were walking on Mount Washington and it was thundering, you kept going. I want to get in. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. man. Let me tell you something. Enough of that stuff. You remember in Cincinnati right. how scared I was in the huddle when it was lighting up like chain lightning right over the top of riverfront. Right. Even Webby was scared because, right. of course, he's a farm boy. He knows what it's like being caught out there. You're a city guy, yeah, right? So I'm a suburbanite. And we're in there, and I'm like, going, you're going, what, are you scared? And I'm going, yes, yes. And I went over to the referee at the line of scrimmage. I says, you know, you have the power to call this game. It's the two-minute warning. All you got to do is we're taking a knee because we already got this game won. Right. Call the game now. And he's like, what, what's the matter with you? And, and then it boomed over top, and I go, seriously. And he goes, what are you, what are you, what are you afraid? And I go, did I ever tell you I had three family members get hit? We're like human lightning rods. And the guy goes, get away from me. Well, you know. <laughs> When uh, when we were down in Miami in the hurricane, oh yeah, and there was lightning. Yeah, I didn't like that one yeah, either. Yeah, that, that was that was so cool. That's a and, top five. Yeah, and that's when a top five, stupid you know, we, we got we got there in the afternoon. What do you think was stupider? Right, walking in the aftermath of the hurricane blowing through, and you know the remnants and the lightning. Or was it going swimming the next day when the riptide was ripping us down? Well, you know, it was fun. Was swimming that, but you, no, you had swimming fun. was okay. I enjoyed the you swimming, but it was still kind of crazy. Yeah. When I think about it now, would I let my kids do that? No. Yeah. No, not a chance. Yeah, but you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, the riptide wasn't going out. It was going up. It was going uh, down the parallel uh, to the shore. Uh, uh, up, up, up the. You went two hundred yards down the beach. Like yeah, that. it was. Fa- it was fun. It was moving. Yeah, it was like swimming in rapids. Yeah. Yeah. Again, one of the top five stupid things Tunchilkin has talked me into doing. You know what? We could. I should come out with the top five. That would be like if you're mental. This is this is what it looks like to be mental. Yeah. Okay. Because then I got a mental friend who I must obviously be mentally deficient because yeah. I get talked into these things. Right. Somehow I thought it was a good idea. Right. And now when I look at it in the rearview mirror, I'm going. That's absolutely stupid. Yeah. I mean, you cannot be any stupider than we were stupid at that moment. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think we were stupid. I know we were yeah, stupid. Yeah, so- you go out and ask 10 people on the street and go, okay, here's the situation. You got the day after a hurricane blows through Miami, yeah. right? You got the, the oceans roaring and that. 10 people, you go out there and say, you think swimming's a good idea when they made it mandatory to clear the beach? The cops are going up and down. We sneak in. We get to the ocean. We go zooming down parallel to the to, to, to the, wall, the beach, two hundred yards, in like three seconds. Yeah, that's stupid. That was fun. If it went the other way, we'd be in Cuba. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, because of uh, you, you know, I'm kind of quit hanging out with yeah, you. you, you the more I think about it, the more. How in the world did God let us live this long well, when I have such a stupid friend? Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> so that's why you don't come. Uh, that's why you don't come hiking with me. Absolutely, because yeah, uh, I'm done with that yeah, stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. When when I went hiking on the volcano rim, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and you're uh, yeah. taking a picture like you're six inches from the edge. Yeah. I'm like, step back, you moron. Yeah, yeah. What kind of, how stupid are you? You're stupider than stupid. Yeah, well. I, you go to Death Valley. I want to go to Paradise Island. Yeah. You know, it's the old thing. Like uh, my daughter Megan always says, you know, some people are built for speed. Some people are built for comfort. Well, you know, Death Valley. It's the best hiking I've ever been. Did you have because, did you because see the temperature a, there you, last week? You know, you know, Death Valley, but we went in January. Uh, How Death, hot was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was sixty degrees last week. It was one hundred and thirty. I know, degrees right, there. right, yeah. And California's been hot, hot, hot. Uh, so one of the things I was going to tell you, the Death Valley is my favorite place to hike because there's mountain hiking, there's uh, uh, canyon hiking. And there's Badlands hiking. You know, the Badlands looks like... Like when you jumped off the boulder and blew out your knee? No, that was mountain hiking. Oh. Uh, and, uh, or canyon hiking. And, and then there's a volcano hiking. Right, when you almost went and, over and, the and edge. And, you know, one, one of the things is the, the Badlands looks like Flash Gordon. You know, the Flash Gordon stuff, you know, you're, you're hiking on uh, mud. And it was... Go fam- hike at Paradise Island. You know, that's so beautiful there. Uh, you know, there's blue water, there's white sand, there's palm trees. Right. There's, you know, the most dangerous thing that can happen is a coconut fall on your head. And on average, because I, I checked this out, right, right, only right, three right. people a year uh, die from having coconuts fall, coconuts fall on their head. Yeah. Yeah. See, now that is an idea of, that's a restful vacation. That's like low impact, low, you know, possibilities of anything major happening. Yeah, why? Well, Other know, than getting in a hurricane and walking and you know, swimming uh, in the ocean. Bob, Bobby Gilbert and I go hiking, and and, and some, Tim Calusi came with us uh, a few times. How Timmy do? Uh, did he like yeah, it? He, he loved it. And uh, Billy does he do Pierce, it anymore? Yeah, so you know we does went Tim to Shenandoah. Do it anymore? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Tim. Yeah, because he'll tell me truthfully. Well, he, it, I know what he's saying. Yeah, you know, I go now and then because I, I like Dungey's my buddy, but he's stupid. Yeah, you know, he, he wants to go on these death marches. That's what you do. Well, you know, it, it's there, not There's death something march. Really men- mentally aberrated in your brain. I, you know, you know it, you're, it, you're just, you, the cheese slipped off the cracker, my friend. Right. Nobody wants to go to Death Valley to vacation. So, you know, I, I, Tim Tim didn't come with us to Death Valley. It was just uh, me and Gil. There's a smart man. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, we When Gilly and I went to um, uh, Sedona, that was fun. And uh, just some popcorn. Yeah, and then, there, then Leo uh, and I meditating and, there. And Leo and I went with the kids to the Grand Canyon, and that was fun. Now that's cool. Yeah, that's all right. And uh, uh, Glacier National Park. That's when I almost fell off the yeah. sheer rock. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to mention that. I, that, that. You know, about the time when you disappeared around the corner and came back. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I, I, I was oh, like three thousand yeah, feet yeah, straight yeah. down. I, I, you know, I was. <laughs> My hands were both in two handholds, and uh, I said, "Let go of the right one because I can back off." And I, I couldn't, I couldn't take my hand off because I was scared. But then, uh, you know, Leo said, "Wow, why are you sweating?" Because I almost fell. Explain that one to the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. You know why? Because yeah. you're stupid. That's why. Why? Well, I got off track. <laughs> I got off track. Yeah. 3,000 feet up in the air. I got off track. Oops. Yeah. You know, it was fun, but it was fun. You know, it's like, 
You know how, how, how like gaining weight and eating? I don't even have to work at it. I'm gifted at that. Yeah. Stupidity in some of your travels. I think you're gifted at it. You don't even have to work at it. Yeah. You walk around a corner, you're a couple thousand feet up in the air on the side of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> this rock's falling down. You're like going, oh, I can't move. Yeah. <laughs> My for my forearms were cramping because I I was holding one hand hand uh, uh, crevice and I had a hand crevice and I and I said remember, let go. Remember when we did the thing for Steelers.com or Steelers TV? We were down in uh, Ocean uh, uh, Ocean Beach. Um, Where's that? Uh, at- San Francisco? No, 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 no. no, no. And, uh, we were at the San we're at one of those big, big uh, amusement parks, and they had the swing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, 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 yeah. we went way up there. The tower right. was way high. Yeah. And we, you looked at me. I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm a lot fatter than you. I, this thing could this. like tear. I could, I could be doing a screaming Mimi. We we did the giant down. swing. The giant swing. <laughs> so going, Ocean, Ocean City. Ocean City. That's yeah. where it was. Yeah. <laughs> But you didn't want to go on it. I didn't want to go on it. But I wanted to go on it. Yes, I went on it with you. But, you know, the thing about it was you're crammed behind me because I'm, I'm like, in the middle. They put me in the middle with, like, where the they stick all the fat guys, and they got the double, like, straps and stuff on. You're stuck behind me. There's not a chance you could fall out unless I go first. <laughs> but that was fun. That's just another stupid thing you talked uh, me into. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> I, You know what? It, it's fun. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but I, do you... like, but I do like a little bit of adrenaline. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Go to break. All right, we're going to take a break. It's 412-919. Stupid boy's going to go and stick his head out the window, maybe stand on the ledge for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that. All right, we're going to – remember when we went up to – remember when we went up to the top of the the Rock, Rockefeller Center? No, no. Forget that. Remember when we were in Toronto? We went on that class floor. Yeah, and and you you wouldn't get out of it. I was terrified. This, we're we're at seriously, Jacob. At this one tower, what what is the tower? CNN Tower, or yeah, something CNN like that. Tower. It's the platform is twenty four hundred feet above the ground, and it's a glass deck, and you're looking straight down at twenty four hundred. And he wouldn't get on it. I I got on the glass. <laughs> oh, no, I stepped on it, and I said, "You're like laying on it." Yeah. I'm like, stop that! You're making me nervous. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more stuff. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room. Uh, we had some good quality work tonight. I felt it was important for us to simulate uh, a game-like environment. And, and by that, I mean the procedural things leading up to the game. Uh, we, we approached it in that way in terms of our, our pre-practice work, um, the timeline that we followed leading up to the work, the, the routines, the stretch routines, and all the things that we would do uh, in a preseason game. is. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. 
Okay, so Wolf is gonna name drop again because oh, we're listening yeah. to REO. My buddy Kevin Cronin. Yeah, Kevin Cronin. You forget his last name. No, I just we're we're buddies. Buddies. Yeah. I don't refer to guy. I don't refer to you as Tunch Ilkin all the time. No, I know. I'm my buddy Tunch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kevin. I saw him what twice in 25 years. Yeah, so he's a, he's a real good buddy. <laughs> real, real tight. You know, you know. I went up to him and I go, "Do you know Craig Wolfley?" He goes, "Who's that?" <laughs> It's because he didn't say, didn't say Craig. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the the uh, here. Let me jump in because th- this is one of the things that Mike talked about. Because this is unpo- important that a lot of people didn't understand. Because right, I had uh, remember uh, uh, Kirk McJun- McJunkin. You know, we played with right, back right, in yeah. the eighties. He, he he just sent me a, a thing by Facebook, and he said, uh, "Hey, they, w- what's up with the uniforms? The full uniforms that they wore." Yeah, in practice because he saw pictures of right, it, right, know, so right. Forth. I said they they were because just going he, through- he's he's best friends with Vance McDonald's dad. There you go. Yeah. So, plus I thought we they were, were friends, they were you roommate know? they right. were roommates at uh, TCU. Right. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, Kirk talking about the fact that he he saw pictures because he was on Facebook and he saw the pictures of the Steelers practice Saturday right. night. And the point that that uh, I was saying was. Kirk, look, they're, they're just, they don't have preseason games. Yeah. So they're introducing the whole pregame right. process yeah. for a game so that they understand. I remember my very first game when we played in the Giants in the Meadowlands, for right. preseason game. I walked into the locker room and I was stunned because yeah. I'd never seen a professional locker room like that in pregame. Yeah. In college, it's very much quiet. It's everybody's, it's like, uh, at least at Syracuse. It was like this. It was very much, you know, um, muted. Um, guys just went about their business. And got it was done. primitive. It was very primitive. When I walked in the Steelers locker room, it was like a party. I mean, yeah. the, the noise, the volume, and everything. I remember Bradshaw sitting at a table in a jock strap with a T-shirt on, with a red man cap, and a chaw in his in, in his mouth, and he's playing poker right. with with uh, Calvin Sweeney and uh, I think it was Lynn Swan. Stuff. Yeah, that you know, I mean, it was very different. It was loud and boisterous up and until when Joe would shut off the music, right? You know, and then all of a sudden, boop, then it became very very serious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so the whole process was learning to go through the pregame ritual that you do before each and every game, you know, and that was what they did Saturday night. Right. You know, and we, we had to learn it uh, up at camp and so forth. Um, and then, you know, you go through it before uh, a preseason game and you just follow the leaders. That's yeah. All. So, you know, because there's no preseason games, uh, Mike wants to uh, – game like atmosphere and there were pump uh, there there was they were piped in crowd noise you know that 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 was the ambient uh, sound yeah yeah and um you know one of the things does the crowd noise happened when i was talking uh on tv with Mm -hmm. uh uh, bob pompiani and charlie batch and i and it, it was you know it was shaking me a little bit but uh it was it was all right you know yeah, it was. It was. Well, I had all right. somebody also uh, send me uh, uh, a thing about from on Facebook. It says, "How come Tunch was on TV and you weren't?" And I said, "Well, I was on DVE with Mike Pursuit." I said, "That's one once for all settles the question of who has a face for radio and who doesn't." <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, we should have been on together. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, got to handle it. Yeah. I, I like. I like. I, you uh, know what? I like. I like radio because there's no dress code. There's yeah, usually yeah, free yeah. food. Yeah. And uh, you know. Do you yeah. have food? Um. No. As yeah. far as you know. <laughs> no. Did you have food? I had food. Really? Well, no. There was none there. Yeah. I meant, you know, I had some. But you you had food. You had a box lunch. Well, I, I took care of things. Yeah. yeah. You you always yeah, have you food. Got, you got... So uh, Mike called uh, good quality work. Right. And a game-like atmosphere. And a timeline and routine. Yeah. And it was. It's important know, that you yeah. understand because if you start doing stupid things in the middle of routine, the, the veterans will bring you, you know. Up to grade real quick. They'll yeah, well, Mike's not so going to do. Mike, Mike's not going to do stupid things. He's he's no, no. Bright, I mean the he's, guy. He's a bright. I'm saying if if some of the young oh, yeah. bucks yeah do something stupid, you know, it's the veterans that'll that'll be like, hey, boom, yeah, they'll give you a, a nice slap across the head. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's one of those things where you, you got to follow the leader and know where your place and, and be ready to go. Well, you know, I I think the guys uh, are so uh, taken by Mike. That they they follow it, they follow it. No, no, I'm saying that's the whole process of having yeah. to go through it. Yeah, you need to go through it because you don't want to go out before a game and especially mess with anybody's mind who's got a specific pregame ritual. Yeah, much like when I, I'd warm up with Dunny, who, by the way, today's Dunny's birthday. Dunny's birthday. Him, yeah, yeah, I sent him a happy birthday from you and me. So, um, but anyhow, uh, you know, uh, you have would a specific you send him, would you happy send him? birthday just uh, on a, on on a, a timeline. Yeah. Oh. You know, just a which who's it's for his yeah. whatever. I'm gonna call him. Yeah. Sing happy birthday. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I think you should. I think yeah. you singing happy birthday would just be outstanding. Right, right. I right. can't even imagine anything better than listening to you yeah. crooning happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so David DeCastro didn't practice all week. No. Do you, do you know what's wrong with David DeCastro? I do not know. Yeah. Um if I knew I couldn't tell you because yeah. then you'd have to kill me. Yeah. Or I'd have to kill you. I guess that's the way it would work. Okay, yeah. never mind. Well, we'd have to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> so the point is... Well, I'll take you know. on a mountain. <laughs> you know, all i got to do is hang out with you a little longer. Sooner or later, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get bug zapped. Yeah. <laughs> so the point is, with DeCastro, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, they could... Be, I, they say it's light, it's a tweak, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's it's nothing because he's serious. he's run, he's walking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, he's walking around, and it's, so it's nothing serious. Yeah, um, Marquise Pouncey was not present, but yo, you know, here's the other thing: what's up with all these false positives in the COVID test? Right, it's all over the NFL. Right, there's a ton. I mean, the Browns there's, had to there's a, a schedule labor- reschedule of practice. Yeah, la- laboratory in New Jersey. Uh, and uh, bio reference, yeah, that that's where they send them. But uh, you know, now see, this is this is what is so troubling because just like you had with the concussion protocol, you have an uh, you know an observer on the sidelines, right? Like, no, nah, he looks funny. You bring him off. Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're starting to get away from the people who you know really know the players, and you put that uh, now all of a sudden you've got maybe some positions. That t- can be, um, you know, messed up by the fact you got somebody out there saying, "Look, he he looks funny to me." Well, maybe maybe that's the way the guy normally walks or something. You don't right. know, and so that can be problematic. Well, at the same time, if you get false positives, you know, I mean, pulling guys out of a game or you know, leading up to a game. Matt Stafford had one. 
You know, yeah. imagine what yeah, he was is false. Yeah, imagine imagine what would happen in uh with Vegas. Yeah, the betting lines that would go absolutely cuckoo crazy. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> no, that you know the the betting line that would Gruden put a Gruden put a couple pounds on. Did he? Yeah, Gruden. You know, sooner or later it's going to catch up with you. He's yeah. no longer the skinny, uh, boyish-faced yeah. assistant. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're, they're, no more, no more. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I look at that and I go, man, that's that that could really mess things up. All you yeah. need is some false positive of, of of key players, and wham. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I think that. Uh, for a false positive, you got to take a couple of tests, uh, send send a bunch of them to the laboratory, and uh, see what happens. It seems like you got to have a, a couple laboratories, right? Because one of them could be because whoever uh, was talking about said that the, the testing went haywire. Yeah, you know, it was a Billy uh, the Bean guy from Buffalo. Yeah, he said there was it was a laboratory problem and the testing protocol went haywire. Right. So that does trouble me yeah. because you are certainly toying with um, really putting some teams at a disadvantage should the wrong testing protocol be followed and you have some more, quote-unquote, haywire testing. Right, and so you, we would never want Ben to get tested positive. No, no. Yeah. But, I mean, False again, test. yeah, I mean, haywire testing. What? Who's over there running that thing? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's got to be something that's very, in my mind, it's disturbing if, if you're uh, the commish, you know, if you're any of the uh, the head coaches out there. Yeah. You know, because you need absolute lead pipe lock accuracy in this testing protocol. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, you know, James Washington and Chris Wormley came back yes, the Saturday right. night. And uh, James looked good. Uh, and Chris looked good, uh, you know. Uh, and Ben has not missed a day yet. No. Yeah. No. He. You know what he? Because uh, we can talk about it because it's in the uh, pool reporting. Right. But the, he didn't look so hot in the uh, seven shots. Right. But I uh, came back and ramped it up later. James Washington. He just. He looks smooth. He looks yeah. good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I. I enjoy him. He's. He's really starting to. Uh, Catch and run the ball seamlessly. Right. Um, you you made a good point. He looks smooth. Yeah, he yeah. does. He, he looks He really very, looks smooth. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I'm hoping that he has the opportunity to really grow this year. Again, with Ben, everything is going to be better. Everything is, is going to have an opportunity to, you know, those guys to reestablish big numbers. I know Juju gets some big numbers, but James, James could be right. another guy that takes some yardage off of Juju, takes some yardage off of Deontay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and because you got Ebron too. Yeah. Uh, Eric Ebron may be, may be part of that uh, whole Lev Bell, you know, Spreading the targets out, type right? Of thing. Yeah, he he looks smooth too, and he he's had a bunch of uh, half a dozen diving catches this week. Yeah. He's got a lanky looseness to him when right. he runs his patterns. I yeah. like it. You yeah. know, it's like you know he he I, who said it best? Um, it's in the pool report. So right, uh, someone said he cuts like a, a wide receiver. Right, he runs his pass routes like a wide receiver, not a. You know, tight end, a tight end, yeah, a muscular, hyper-powered tight end, right? But like a smooth wide receiver, and that's why I call them he and Vance McDonald, Thunder and Lightning, because mm-hmm. uh, he's Lightning and Vance is Thunder. 
Uh, Vance is more physical. Uh, Eric is more finesse, and uh, he's got a big catch radius. And one of the things that I think when we go two tight ends, it's going to be good. Well, there's a lot of benefits when you look at it because if you come out in the, you know, they call it 12 personal, I call it too tight. Ace. You know, that's, yeah, we call it ace. Uh, all I remember was we called too tight back in the day. Well, we a, called it ace. Ace, whatever. All I remember was saying too tight. Yeah. We got too tight. Ace. Who's too tight? Ace. I'm too tight in the head. Yeah. All right. So the point is you got two tight ends, ace, 12 personal, whatever you want to call right. it. Right. The fact of the matter is I loved it because defenses have to declare. You know, yeah. it's hard to disguise things when you have. Number one, you got a quarterback who's been around as long as Ben has, right. who understands how to read defenses, who understands how these guys try to sugar it. Okay, you come out, you got the two tight ends, the ace, the twelve, what have you. Uh, you've got to defensively, you've got to make sure that you're balanced, and you can't stick extra D backs in there because then all all you're going to get is power running. Yeah, you know. So I like two tight ends. I think it will manifest itself in some. Really good ways coming up because I'm thinking you got those two guys and you got some Matt Canada inspired stuff that uh, Randy's going to be able to use and put together with Ben. I'm just liking it. I'm liking it, Chalucci. So, um, you know, Bruce Arians talks about uh, when he works two tight ends, stretching the defense out. Right. Uh, you know, hor- stretching the defense out horizontally. Yes. And uh, and that, that's It's good. like coast to coast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boom. Stretch it out. But now we have the added element. Uh, added element. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I think I'm just running ahead of my brain. But you got the added element of having Chase Claypool out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got the 4-4. Four, four, just blowing down the sidelines. Make those safeties lean over the top. Right. Yeah, I like it. You know? Yeah. You know, Mike wore a red shirt to show appreciation for the people. He did. Working uh, to keep clean Heinz Field, and he's uh, he's so appreciative. You know what they, they called it? What? Cleaning ambassador. Cleaning ambassador. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. To me, that's appreciation shown right from the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? That says something. You know, I think – one reason I look at it this way: that's that's the reason why nobody opted out from the Steelers, right? Because you got a head man who, from the top down, number one is getting it done right with the right pro- protocols, right. and secondly, showing appreciation uh, and endearing the people who keep you safe, yeah, and highlighting them and, and thanking them. I, I love that. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I, you know, Mike is always appreciative. Yeah. You know, he always, uh, uh, you he know. He doesn't overlook give, people. I, yeah, I think he, that's cool. he gives compliments when they're due. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, it's 412-919-1316 if you want to get in on the conversation. He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. I don't want it to be where we're in New York and, and that's the first time they're finding their rhythms uh, prior to kickoff. And so, you know, we're doing some things that we would normally do in preseason-like settings. We're just attaching it to the front end of a practice. Once the practice actually got started, it was a normal practice and we did some normal competitive things. I like 
You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So Mike was talking about uh, he doesn't want to go to the New York Giants and uh, have the guys adjust. Uh, so he's uh, making it like uh, a game. Uh, but it, it's hard to make it like a game uh, with no preseason games. It is, but if Saturday night's all right for fighting, <laughs> I had to just tie this one right, in. Right, right. And in New York, it was the Jets that had a fight-filled practice. Right. You know, it was kind of funny. It's the guards against the linebackers. There was, like, several fights. Right. Uh, and, it, you know, the, here's the thing about it. That's what happens when you try to make practice like a game. Right. You know what I mean? Because guys get tired. They It gets warm. And all of a sudden, you know, even though I know there's there's a Mike Tomlin edict that you do not fight your teammate. Right. You know, and they try to minimize all that. Um, the alpha male comes out. And, you know, you just you have enough of it. And then it, all of a sudden, you're going to do something about it. Yeah. That's the nature of the beast. And, you know, walking that, that fine line between – Hyper intensity and practice and game, you know, a game like intensity and practice intensity together. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like uh, uh, Zach Banner and Watt. Yeah, they yeah. got into it. They got into the other day, and uh, you're going to have that because you've got to up up the intensity right. and get as near game like as you can in in certain days. Um, and, and during the periods, you know, because there are scenarios that Mike Tomlin uh, kind of draws out for the guys, you know, whether it's, you know, backs and, and, and uh, linebackers and, you know, to the side, to the boundaries. Yeah. All right. That sort of thing. Or it's it's the one on one stuff that you do uh, tackling uh, or, or I'm sorry, blocking, you know, backs on backers, those types of things. Those scenarios heighten the intensity. Yeah. And so you're going to have guys that. Uh, you know, you get a little bit uh, hot under the collar. Right. And then, and it's uh, when you don't play a team, you get hot under the collar by facing the same guys every day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of get sick of each other. Yeah. You know, you bang away, and then all of a sudden, you kind of have at it, and uh, there you go. But fact is, it was a good practice Saturday night up until – the clouds, they were amazing. Right. Did you see how dark it got? And then it right. it pulled apart at one point, and it was just clear blue sky and this, like a tunnel. Yeah. It was really kind of neat, very neat looking. Yeah, and and uh, when it thundered and it lightninged, uh, Mike Tomlin called practice, and they get, they, they went inside. Uh, Chuck wouldn't have done that. Oh, Chuck, he, he waited until it was right on us. At one time up at St. Vincent's, when it cracked uh, in the trees right by the practice field, Whew. remember we were running and Chuck beat us up the hill. <laughs> he, was, he was saying, "No, we're fine, we're fine." And it's you, the thunder and lightning's getting closer and closer. You can hear it coming. Right. I mean, I'm I'm near hysterical. Webby is 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 panicked as well. And then you know suddenly that thing blew right behind us. And man. I was walking off the practice field. You guys were running. No, you ran. You ra even you ran at the end right. when Chuck passed us. You were running. Yeah, because you were running just because you didn't want to practice anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> we're all running for the I, locker. I, I, I hope they didn't change his mind. <laughs>
Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Chuck was like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden he beat us up the hill. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that was a good practice they had going there. They had some right. uh, good good periods of work, that, you know. Backs on backers. That was were, good. Yeah. Backs on backers were good. And, uh, you know, and they're going to need more of that. Yeah. Because you've got to establish um, what these guys are capable of doing. And, of course, for right. guys especially like – Benny Snell. Benny's coming on. Benny's right. doing some good stuff. Hey, man. Benny had a great run yes uh, the day before yesterday. Yeah, uh, he he was quick and he he hit the hole. But uh, you know, I, I I'm a big Anthony McFarland fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got great vision. He's got a great jump cut, and he presses. You know, when when he runs the outside run, zone, he presses the tight end. Right. And then he can bounce it out and uh, or cut it back because he's got a great jump cut. Well, he, you know what? Uh, and one of the things I really enjoy watching is the fact they work on that stuff, the jump cuts with yeah. uh, um, Eddie Faulkner. Thank you. Yeah. With uh, Coach Faulkner because they spend a lot of time doing that. I think that's great. They need to. Yeah. You know, that's something that can be taught. And that's certainly something that uh, teaches the backs to pick their feet up and so forth. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, watching McFarland, I love when he presses the edge because I don't think we've had anybody in a while that, you know, could press that edge and outrun the the edge setter once the, he gets captured by a tight end or somebody, you know, and be able to do that and then cut it anyway on, on the backside. Well, I James, mean, James can, can press do that. James he can, can do it, it, but not as good as McFarland. Yeah. I mean, he's just got that extra step speed. James has more power. Yeah. James has more strength. He's got and more speed than yeah. McFarland. Yeah. No, yeah. McFarland's like a four-four guy. James James isn't four-four, uh, but he's got he's right in that area, four-five, very close. But he's got more power. He's got more faker uh, faker ability. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, shake out the 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 fact that is that. Um, Anthony McFarland has run the outside zone many For, times. Yes, yeah. and, uh, He's been brought up in that. And James has not run it. You know, we run more counter trap and uh, counter Absolutely. lead. And, uh, no, I, I like what McFarland brings. That's that second level acceleration. Man, he goes boom. But the fact of the matter is James is the lead dog. There yeah. ain't no question. And he cut he catches the ball, he pick up blitzes and stuff like all that stuff that uh, you gotta be a complete three down back. Karen just sent me a text that she's babysitting Abbott and Brenny and they're <laughs> listening to me on the radio. And they're going, Hey, that's Papa. That's Bubby. Oh, is that Bubby? Is that what they call you? I'm yeah. Uppa. Bub Bubby. I'm Uppa to my grandkids. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Bubby. Yeah. That's Turkish. Okay. Yeah. That's Uppa. That's English. Yeah. <laughs> So the point is, um, you know, with the, uh, with, you know, as far as those guys go, they're going to continue to grow. They're going to grow in it. James, I'm just, I'm just praying the guy can stay healthy. Yeah. When the guy stays healthy, he is Pro Bowl caliber. Right. You know, he's got all. He's a three Went down to the back. Pro Bowl two Absolutely. years ago. Yeah. And he he still missed some time in that year. That's right. how good he is. Though. Yeah. And so I'm excited for that. I also think Benny Snell has helped himself a lot. Yeah. Coming in and showing that discipline, getting his weight down. But the McFarland kid is very interesting. Right. He is very interesting. Yeah, I I, I like him. You know, he's had a couple of good runs. Yes. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of good runs in this uh, uh, in this camp. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, th- two days ago, three days ago, he had that great run. Uh, he cut back to the middle, and he uh, – Is that on the pool report? Be careful. Oh. Uh. <laughs> 
I don't know. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as far as I do, as far as I know, I, I, it was. Yeah, I, I got it. So uh, with McFarland, again, he's going to be one of these guys that it's interesting if he can jump up there and get some reps. Uh, you know, as we go into New York, uh, especially with the fact that, you know, it might be warm, you, you know, you've got no game uh, to ease into it. You know, there's going to be uh, – you're going to have a little bit of nervousness. You know how it is every year in that first preseason game? Because there was no difference between preseason and regular season for us yeah. under Coach Noll. I mean, Coach Noll was all he wanted about – You know, when, when, when we Absolutely. went back in, you know, we were playing the New York Giants. They were winning. That's right. That and, was against the and, Giants. And then we got pulled in the third quarter. And halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, Ron Blackledge comes uh, comes up to us, the big kahuna. He says, buckle up. Buckle up. You guys are going back in. Yeah. And yeah. I, we go, we're what? going back in? And he goes, Chuck wants to win this game. Well, they had all the guys who were going to be shoe salesmen the next week. It was the final cuts. It was the last preseason game. Yeah. And, you know, you're sitting there going, Come on, really? I mean, and he wanted to win, and and, and we went out and we won the game. And then, uh, imagine if we didn't know. Yeah, but oh. in the post game press conference, uh, someone asked him, "Why did you put the first team back in in the fourth quarter?" He said, "Because winning begets winning." Yes, and that's a truism. Yeah, I I, I do believe in in that. Um, but the fact of the matter was, it was uh, it was a strange thing. You know, we're sitting there trying to talk, uh, tell them about the the biscuit theory. Right, right. You know, the biscuit theory. When you bring a biscuit out of the oven, you know, it's all soft and fluffy. Yeah. And, yeah, it, and then it, if you leave it subtle, out overnight, supple, supple. it's as hard as a rock. Yeah. <laughs> we're going, you know, Kahuna. I'm 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 kind of like I was soft and fluffy a quarter ago. Right now, I'm I'm like hardening up like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like buckle up. You got to go out and win. We yeah. Did. Well, we, we did. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. We While did. we were playing. Fifth team was Giants. It's like if you didn't win the game, if you didn't go out and put a touchdown that was great. together. No, but if we hadn't put a touchdown drive together, could you imagine what that would have been like the next week? Right. Oh, Chuck would have been unmerged. That would have been all about back to basics. Yeah. Back to basics was the worst thing you could hear from Coach Knoll in a press conference. Back to basics. Back to basics meant that there was going to be Huge one-on-ones. There was going to be huge conditioning. There was going to be fights. There was going to be all. Just it was going to be a miserable week because Chuck was going to be on you and make you do, have you do uh, twice the physicality of a normal week's work. Right, yeah. And that just made you quiver in your shoes, man, knowing that Chuck was talking about back to basics. Right. Had we not put that touchdown drive together, we'd have been in trouble and back to basics, Chalooch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, you know, I, I feel that the lack of preseason games is going to hurt all the teams, you know, yeah. all, all the teams. And uh, But let's face it, veteran-dominated teams are going to have a better opportunity right. to get their form going early in the year. Yeah. Uh, coaches that are veteran in their organizations, I think, have an advantage over the what five is it five new uh, head uh, coaches and yeah. first timers or Kevin something like Stefanski, that. Uh, whatever they are. Uh, Joe Judge Matt is the first Rule, one. Joe Judge. I got to believe we got an advantage Ron, in that alone. Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy. How about poor Ron Rivera? Yeah, you know he's gonna he's got to undergo treatment. Yeah, 
that's that's a shame. And we prayers go out to Ron yeah, Rivera. He's yeah. an excellent dude. I, I wrote, uh, I I texted uh, Pete Hayner, the tight ends coach, cool. who, who coached me at the uh, yeah. uh, offensive line at Indiana State. I said, I'm praying for Ron. He said, yeah. thanks. He's a good good. Dude. Yeah, Ron Rivera is a great guy. He was he was an excellent ball player. Yeah. He was a great teammate, far yeah. as I knew. Yeah, um, and a great Rivera. coach. Yeah, and a great coach. So. Yeah. Prayers go out to him. He's battling some uh, a cancer. Yeah, uh, cancer. skin cancer. I think what it is. Yeah, yeah. skin cancer. So hope and pray that uh, all goes well for him. Uh, getting back to the Giants, you know, as we approach the uh, Joe Judge. Joe Judge, yes. Yeah. Um, as we approach this game, you know, I got to believe in my heart of hearts that Mike Tomlin has a distinct advantage over right. over Joe Judge and the uh, New York Football Giants, as right. it were. Because of the fact that uh, you you know in this year, when you need that calming influence from the top down, every, everything feels funny. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, to the guys out there, just sitting there watching from the stands, it feels funny to me. You know how you you wish you yeah. had. You, you always want things where you're comfortable. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, As yeah. As a player, yeah. it's it's comfortable. You're in a routine. Right. It's good. They're out of their routine. All right. teams are out of their routine. Yeah, but, um, you know, one of the things that uh, Mike Tomlin does is he makes it seem like a routine. So I think the guys are comfortable with that. Uh, you know, you know the uh, the the, the I don't think you can take away all the angst that comes with this stuff, yeah, well, you know the, what I mean? I, he, he does a great job because, again, one of three teams are the Steelers that had nobody opt out. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the rookies, they didn't have preseason games in college. Right. They, they rolled into the first uh, right. game. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not uh, uh, deprived. They're like college. and uh, But the veterans are. The veterans are. Well, it, Again, that's one of those things that it's like riding a bicycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll jump back on it. I just think, again, you got Joe Judge. He's trying to find out about guys. Mike Tomlin, he knows his guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's where the, in my mind, we got we got a good advantage. You know, all five head coaches, you know, Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy are will adjust better. Sure. Than the, than the rookie coaches. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, it's 412-919-1316. Uh, he's Wolf, I'm Touch, and you are in the locker room. Live from the Fox Bet Studios, make the call. Download the app today. WBGGAM Pittsburgh. About a period and a half short, but you you can't win the Mother Nature battle. Um, we we don't we don't combat like. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. We don't combat lightning. <laughs> no. Yeah. That, I agree with Coach Tomlin. Yeah. There's no combating lightning. So you know. Uh, Terrell Edmonds didn't practice, and Deontay uh, Johnson didn't practice. Right. And, uh, you know, Curtis Riley looked good. 
Curtis Riley is a guy that uh, has made me take notice. Yeah, you know, he's a, he, he played strong safety for Terrell, and uh, he's fast, he's physical. I think he's one of those guys that can play over the top. Yeah. You know, uh, he's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, because if you can move um, Mika around, you're going to need somebody right. to play center field now. There's a great article, again, I think it was Teresa Varley wrote a great article uh, talking with Tom Bradley and how they're best served right. when Minka playing center field. But at the same time, you've still got to be capable of changing things around right? because otherwise your tendencies just become, you know, locked You know, I, I don't know if uh, Terrell Austin said that we're going to move Minka around to, to create a to stir, create a yeah. stir, but uh, or he just, uh, you know, he was faking. You know, the thing, it's interesting because you can't move Minka around unless you've got somebody who can play right. center field that yeah. you're very confident in. Um, Terrell Edmonds is seemed to be a guy that is more box safety right. oriented. Box. Um, so I, I look at that and I go, well, you know, you bring on a guy like Curtis Riley who's proven as a season-long starter at, at free safety. Um, he's capable. Uh, I don't know. It just it makes me think that, you're going to at least give the appearance of of going into that first game with the ability to move some uh, right. move Minka around at least. Yeah, if yeah. Curtis is is able to hold the spot yeah, down. Yeah, you know it's it's going to be interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, they they I, I love the defensive backs on the Steelers now. Uh, it's exciting yeah. what they've done because you've got from from one to six you got some top notch performers right. there, and I think this kid Antoine Brooks. This kid's tough, man. Yeah. I, I saw, you know, you see where he is half back or half safety. Yeah. You know what I mean? he's He's got a nice downhill bang. Now, um, we, we saw him some tackling drills. He was very impressive and less than impressive. You right. know what I mean? One of those things, that's, that's what a young guy does. But he is certainly, uh, he's not afraid to mix it up. That's right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's switch gears. Uh, Daniel McCullers lost some weight he did and he looks slim but he well he, it didn't help him spike ball yeah but uh I, i'm asking you is he gonna be better this year because he's slimmer and trimmer <sighs> you know that seems the way everybody's going in the nfl right it seems to me that you know guys are trimming down and you know you want to be lean and mean and uh, despite the fact that, uh, be, well, let's face it, you're playing that stretch offense so much. Right. And it's not like back in the days when you're trying to roll that line of scrimmage back on the other side of the ball. Right. You know, you ball up your fist and have at it. Well, it's not like that, really. Yeah. you got to get out there and make him run, run with him, and then you let the back pick uh, his spot, or you're throwing the ball, you yeah. know? So I would think for Danny, it it probably is a good thing. Yeah. Um, although in, in spike ball, like I said, he and Tyson Alu-Alu, they uh, – no, no, it wasn't – I'm sorry. It was uh, Danny McCullers and somebody else, but they were the worst in the league is what I heard, yeah. that spike ball league they got. <laughs> well, we used to play uh, tip, ball. tip ball. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the football. Right. And, uh, you know, they uh, – uh, John Stallworth and Swanee 
Pick they change us. the rules all yeah. the time, though. Yeah. You're sitting around the locker room. You're waiting to go out. You get taped up, and, you know, everybody starts getting a circle, and you tip the ball around. And you got to tip it to your right all the time or something like that. And they change the rules on you. If you somehow – and then the wide receivers, they would they would gang up on, a, on yeah. an offensive lineman to get you out of the game. Yeah. You know, but it that was fun. Did you ever win tip ball? No, never won. Yeah. You know, I didn't play that much either because, you know, you always knew that the, the game was loaded against you. Yeah. Because as soon as you got rid of some of the offensive linemen, uh, then you knew that the, the wide receivers were coming after you. Right. The China Dolls. Yeah. You know, and then you'd be out of the game. Because then they'd make up a rule. Suddenly there was, you know, section D, code 12, line 3, that, you know, thou shalt not tip twice in a row to your left and your right hand. Yeah, well, you could tip right Right, twice. but they change it all the yeah. time. They'd go, no, 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 that was – I saw that that was three tips. No, it wasn't. Well, that you know, you get three of them voting against you, you're yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, um, Danny McCullers is a guy that, again, we've been waiting forever right. for him to manifest that great ability he's got to uh, push people back and drive, you know, that on the inside there and create havoc. But, uh, you know, not at the expense of Tyson Alualu. Yeah. I mean, Tyson right now has got first shot at the, yeah. that nose tackle. Yeah. Danny, what makes Danny so interesting? You take a center back at 6'7 and put your hands up, that's at least you got something in the way of the crossing routes. Right. Something that makes the quarterback have to hold the ball a little bit. So, um, you know, one of the things was exciting – on Saturday night was the two minute drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I love that. I, you know, it's I, exciting. I, I love when uh, Ben is going no huddle and, uh, and, you know, calling the plays at the line of scrimmage. No question about it, Chalooch. You know, I mean, um, that offense, that's going to be high octane. If he can go no huddle. And one of the, one of the funniest things, now they got this ambient sound that they experimented with. And it's like, uh, you know, like uh, the dull roar of a crowd and so forth, which I'm going to find interesting how they're going to do this because like the other day when Mike Tomlin, because you, you talked about the um, two-minute drill, when he called everybody together on the field, you could hear him talking all the way up in the stands. Yeah. You know, you and I are sitting uh, in seating area built for, what, 20,000 people, 25,000, and there's like – 12 of us or eight, uh, 10 of us, you know, yeah. in the stands. It's so quiet, you know? And so when the coach talks, you can hear Mike yelling from all the way down on the field, you know? So uh, I, I find that it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting, too, how the guys conduct themselves, especially if there's no fans in the stadium uh, because the sound that you normally expect right. that muffles things. Like, you know, when you threaten to kill somebody, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that might be heard very easily by right. the referees. It could be a problem. Back in the day, it was, you know, muffled into, you know, guys, it's quieter. In the one, uh, not quieter, but, I mean, you can't hear guys all over the place. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. different. Yeah, man. You know, and so I, I like the way Mike likes the way practice is going. You know, he says it's a competitive and the, the trajectory is up uh, and uh, we're in the process. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I like that. I, I, I like the way practice has gone this week. And, uh, and I like the way it's been hard-hitting. And I like the way everything's gone. Uh, and I, I, 
I think the way we're watching practice, these guys are sharp. Well, it's coming along well. They're performing well. We're, we're starting to see some people start to carve out some niches for themselves. You know how it is. The first week, you're, you're just kind of getting your feet wet. You're getting used to it. You're getting, uh, you know, copacetic with everything. Well, now we're going to start hopefully seeing guys start to separate themselves. You know, we're seeing guys that uh, uh, come out like the McFarland comes out and zings a run, right? Well, you got James Washington come out catching the ball. It's all looking pretty good, right? Yeah. Well, now we got to see them grow from that and move forward. Um, the individual roles that each one guy has, they've got to expand upon. Right. You know, we were watching Zach Banner and Chooks. Okay, we got we got some action going so on there. So who do you think's leading? Well, we'll see. You know, I in my gullet, in my heart of hearts, I felt like um, Zach had a nice week at right tackle. Right. You know, not that Chooks didn't. They're right there, neck and neck pretty much with each other. But I also liked it when Chooks went over to left tackle. Yeah. He looked pretty good. Right. Right. I mean – you know, so just speaking that way, uh, that offensive line looked pretty good. So looking at this, how how are they going to move forward? Well, we're going to start seeing it today. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is now the time where you got to start showing week that two. you're – Yeah, week two. The first week I said, just like Mike talked about the backs on backers, right? Yeah. He said backs on backers. First time, everybody's getting their feet wet. Everybody's yeah. kind of getting used to it. Second time is when you start to see the guys compete. Well, yeah. now the second week is very much like that. We start to see guys competing uh, for those spots right. and seeing if they can create separation between A and B, you know, B and C. The camp battles are, are, are beginning, you know. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I like the off- the way uh, the offensive line is playing. You know, uh, Alejandro is buffed. He's got he looks great. Yeah, he? yeah, and he's, he's – His face is wide, though. Yeah. When you it, look at him, like, square up, it's like – the dude's put on some some size, yeah. You know, not that size alone. My gosh, the man's huge. Yeah, you know. But I, you know what's so funny is I was just because I was uh, talking to. We to my weren't son. huge. No, 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 no. But I was talking. I was uh, FaceTiming with uh, uh, my my son Kyle Jacob and his his bride and the grandkids last day. He's up at West Point. Yeah, doing all the things that you got to do. You know, and, and uh, it's funny because I, I, when I start talking about Alejandro, I remember having a conversation with him because Kyle sent me a picture from uh, Afghanistan when he was over there. That's like on the backside of the world somewhere. He was yeah. in his outpost there. And uh, it's what they call FOB, a forward operating base. So you're out away from the main battalion. Right. Right. So you're out there. And it looks like a lunar landscape. There's right. like, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's just nothing out there. And I saw, I said to uh, Alejandro, I says, Al, what'd you hide behind when you were out there, man? I mean, think about it. There's nothing there. There's not even scrub brush. Right. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> there's nothing. You're six nine. Yeah. What do you crouch behind? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. He said, Yeah, man, it's like it's like desert and barren out there yeah. and crazy. You, but Alejandro you hide, by, you hide behind the Humvees. Yeah. Yeah, exactly so. Yeah. But uh, I will say this about Al. He looks better right. already right. Than, than what I remember from, you know, last year. Yeah. And, and I'm he, excited about and that. And he's throwing his hands better. He's punching better, well, and he's trapping better. To me, his base better. was he's got to get his feet under him. He wasn't getting his feet under him. Right, right. now, he's putting the two together. Yeah. Because if you ain't got your feet and you ain't got your hands, you're going to have problems. If you got your hands and you ain't got your feet, you got problems. Yeah. Put those hands and feet together, you're going to be all right. Right now, he looks all right. Right, right, right. He, he's looking better, and, and he's throwing he's throwing the punches uh, well. And uh, uh, All right. You know um, – 
at the top of the hour, we're going to have Donnie Shell. So excited. We're yeah. rolling along. We've had Rod Woodson. Right. We've had Johnny Stalls. We had Alan, Alan Fanica. And, and now we've got Donnie Shell. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's uh, it's a little, you know, rub on for Alan. You know, we get Alan in the Hall of Fame yeah. next year. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you think about what a, a quartet of great, great players these guys are. What's, great, the, great... what's the big guy? What's I'm sorry. The, what's the oh, big David guy? Baker. David yeah. Baker. Yeah, that's he's he's the guy is huge. And yeah. you know what? I'm told he didn't even play football. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he was like a softball player or something. I mean, he's got a melon on him. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, he could have he could crack walnuts with that forehead. Yeah. You know what I mean? We gotta be make the big push for Alan Fanny. We got to. We got yeah. to. Mr. Baker, we need to talk. Yeah, but he does he doesn't nah. he doesn't decide. He seems to be a great guy too. You know, the you know, the uh the sports writers, they decide. So maybe we have to go rough up a few sports. Well, yeah, we I low them. Yeah, right. <laughs> tape them to the goalposts. Yeah, take them to the goalposts. There you go. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, he's Wolf, I'm Touch, and you are in the locker room. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So that's Eric Ebron, and he was, you know, he and is he's tired. Very, yeah, he's very vocal, but it was a post post practice press conference, and he says, uh, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he has fun to be around, and uh, he's he's always talking. He's keeping energy going. He's energized, uh, and he says there's no preseason game, preseason game. So I want to be energized. Uh, you know, and it. Well, I think he. Here's the thing about it. First of all, you're on a new team. This is his third team in right. what seven years? Detroit. Yeah. And Indianapolis. Indy, yes. And now Pittsburgh. And he is obviously got great talent. Right. Um, I would think he's energized, given the fact that you're in a new city. Yeah. And with a new team, of course, this whole COVID year is just kind of like. Kind of odd, but that you know how it is. When you're out there, you got to make the most of what you right. got between the years, and you got to raise your intensity level and get your RPMs going in your head. And I think one of the things that Eric has done has created that that sort of you know RPMs going in the head that lifts the other guys around him. You know, he's very vocal. Uh, you know, he's he very appears vocal. to be. Yeah, he's very vocal uh, as uh, as he's come back. He's coming back to the huddle. He's talking. And he's energized, and uh, you know. 
And I hope he stays upbeat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the important thing. Yeah. You know, if uh, you're, you're going to need him when the times get not so upbeat. Right. You know what I mean? And that's when you've got, if he's going to take on a role of being an energizer, right. being one of those, those adders, being a guy that brings some energy to the group, then you've got to especially be there during the times when it ain't going so good. Yeah. So hopefully that's the way it'll work out. Because I sure love watching him run patterns. Right, right, and I like watching him uh, block the uh, blocking sleds. And you know, he was—he's very uh, he excited. Said there wasn't about much it. of that in yeah, Detroit yeah, or the, Indy. Yeah, no, he 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 used a blocking sled in Detroit, but not in Indy. Okay, yeah, and 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 he says uh, Mike's watching that. He says uh, he's excited about Mike watching them. Uh, you know, you know I, I always remember cringing when Chuck came over. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, Chuck could coach everybody and he would coach everybody Yeah, and there wasn't anything he would leave untouched. Yeah. Well, Mike, Mike's that way too. You, you know, he, he watches all the drills. So do you think uh, Eric is really being truthful when he says he's excited about it? Yeah, I think Eric is, you know, cause he was very energized in that post. Do you think Eric practice. would have been encouraged and excited when Chuck came over to coach him? <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not quite. You know, Mike's more upbeat, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he and he said, "I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing whatever I'm asked to do. I think it's fun." Mike watching all the drills, uh, and you know, that's like Chuck. Chuck went uh, went around to oh, yeah. the drills. He coached everybody. Yeah, he coached everybody. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, well, you're going to have to have some results here. I'm in- interested because I-, I love the fact you got McDonald, you got Ebron. Zach Gentry is a guy that intrigues me. Um, yeah. Had some good blocking that I did the other day. Had some not so good punt coverage that he did the other day because right. Henry Mondo pounded him, him down. In, yeah, into the ground. And one of the things I, I would but say Henry to Zach, Mondo was holding him. Oh, was holding him back. He, he's, he, You've he, got to learn how to handle those yeah. situations, though. And one of them is, you know, my brother Ronnie used to – handle that situation really well he was a four-time pro bowler obviously right uh and a uh, fullback and one of the things he would do was uh if you're gonna hold him uh that means your hands are up high which means that you know what you can't really cover a a, a knee strike to the groin (laughs) so (laughs) or a fist you know ronnie was not above uh, he said yeah you hold me and that's what you're gonna get well chuck used to say when uh people would say held yeah uh he was holding me chuck don't, Don't be, be held. held. Exactly. And so And I think for Zach, that's something he's got to learn. Uh I, I I like what I see from Zach thus far. I would like to see him continue to attempt to be more physical. That's where I think Zach can really he can really become a Matt Spath type contributor. Right. With uh a little more or, pass uh, catching skills. Or or uh Jesse James. Jesse James, yes. I think Zach, he's got to keep putting the the pedal to the metal in the weight room yeah. and get himself. That's a six eight is a long body. Yeah, and one of the things he's got to be able to do better is bend his knees more and be able to run block like right. that. He tends sometimes, in my own most humble estimation, when watching him, he'll get a little bit waist bendy and you get a little bit, uh, uh, you get thrown off balance that way. You yeah. can't get the under and up. And when you're six eight. You're already losing the under and up battle. You know, you know what Eric Ebron said that he's just another chess piece. Uh, you know, I'm just another pawn in the game of life. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he says, I post a threat to the middle of the field. And, Absolutely. And, and he does that. Well, yeah. that's one of the things you need and why they brought him in. Because when you go too tight, all right, you can't simply play two safeties high and just say, okay, you know, um, we'll just cover everybody. And, you know, you got nobody threatening in the middle. You got to have somebody threaten the middle. Right. And I think that between Vance, between Eric Ebron, I would even love, I wonder, what do you think the chances are of seeing like a bunch of tight ends? Yeah. A tight end bunch. Yeah. I mean, three of them. Yeah. And and who knows what, well, what you, know, you could do with be, them. Between Zach Gentry and Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron, you've got a lot of – you've got There's great some, pass receivers. Here. Yeah, you got some great pass receivers. you got some beef out there. Yeah. You could do some things. What are you going to do? I mean, the safeties, you're going to move them up. You're going to, you know – Keep them back. Uh, you can run the ball. I, there's just, to me, again, there's this with Ben back and the ability to yeah. uh, do a lot of variety of things. Um, I'm excited about what Matt Canada might inspire Randy to include into the offensive game plan. Right, right. And, and you know, Eric Ebron said, I, I love Ben. Uh, you know, he he's just, uh, uh, he says he's a Hall of Famer, and uh, I just love him. Well, I think one of the things that Ebron can make himself infinitely uh, valuable by getting his grill in somebody else's grill and smaculating yeah. them. You know what I mean? Because if he can run block on a quality level along with Vance, what you can do between pass catching and, and run blocking, that's just terrific stuff. Yeah. You and know? and w- when you know he was asked about the two, di- two tight end offense and uh, – you know, he he talks about the two dines, two tight ends can be dominant. Uh, well, you, you know, go all the way back to Don Coriel. Yeah, huh? Don Coriel. What he used to say. You know, if you could, was yeah, it? No, you, no, Sid Gilman. Yeah, Sid Gilman. Sid Gilman. Yes, uh, I apologize. If you have a tight end in the middle of the field, you can dominate uh, defense. I love how you looked at me blankly, like going, "Okay, Don Coriel. What do you say? Don, yeah, is that the Sid guy Gilman. from? Is that the guy? Was that was that Godfather one, two, or three? No, Don Coriel. <laughs> I had y'all messed up. So Sid Don Coriel played uh, coach for Sid Gilman, right? And uh, that's what uh, uh, you know. Sid Gilman was the uh, was the author of the modern day passing game. I was in the right church, just the wrong pew, children. Right, right, so right. to speak. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So the point is. With Zach Gentry, I hope that he continues to grow. You know, we lost Dax Raymond. He got the ankle rolled and the injury uh, waved him. Uh, and they picked up uh, Markway, uh, another tight end. But it's going to be the primary thing is going to be whether, in my mind, whether Zach can push the, the, the other two guys, you know, for some reps, just trying to get some reps, whether or not he's capable of doing that. I hope that he does have that opportunity. I, I like the kid. I think he's worked hard. Um, he's got to show what he can do. But he's got to do it consistently too. Yeah, and uh, uh, and you know what Zach Ebron said. I'm I'm looking to make Ben's job a little easier. Uh, you know, building with uh, he's looking to build with Ben, and he's been uh, uh, a couple of weeks with Ben, and he said I'm picking it up well, and I think a lot of Ben and work and pro- progress. You know that that's. Did you see Ben when he was uh, rolling out, doing the seven shots? Yeah. He threw the ball into the stands. Yeah. He threw like 50 rows up. <laughs> I was wondering, going, now who's going to go chase that ball? You're going to make one of the ball boys have to go all the way up there right. and chase that ball. 
Chad Zook's man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Ben has been looking terrific. He did well. He, the, the, that was probably the not the 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 worst of uh, seven shots that he's had. You know, since he started, didn't do well. But he came back uh, and finished up and practiced really well, uh, throwing the ball in the what was it two minute or whatever it was. He did very well in that. Um, he just looks terrific. Yeah. You know, he looks like, you know, I, he already looks like he's near the top of his game. I'll right. tell you another thing. He's running around out like uh, out there like we're circa, you know, five years ago. Right, right. He you looks, know, he's quick. He look, he's quick. He's moving around in the in the, the pocket and he's running. I'm like, oh, look at that, man. Yeah. He looks good. That yeah. old man. I say that old man because he's we are the old man. Yeah, he, yeah. But, you know, in football years, he is the old man down there. He looks pretty darn athletic out there. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Did you not think so? Yeah. I, I think so. And, and he, I like how he slid around the huddle and did some things and, you know, hoofed it. You know, and Eric... Uh, uh, Eric is Zebron uh, is really uh, Eric Ebron is really uh, excited to be here. He says uh, we will have a lot of fun this year. Our defense is really good. That makes our offense challenged. Sure, and uh, you know they love the challenge. Well, uh, here's the thing that I I just get so excited about. You know, you got 54 sacks, you got 38 takeaways. Think what that can be with num number one Ben's back, which means if you get a lead. Okay, now the other team's got to start putting the ball up, and you've got the ability to be able to take the ball away, to sack, all those things, right? I mean, that's that's just to me, it's fabulous. Yeah, you know, you can be able to run the ball because you got Ben, because now you can't crowd the box unnecessarily. So, yeah, because you drop one safety down, Ben goes, okay, let's go over the top. Oh, Mister Claypool, you and your four four six four, let's see if we can do something over the top. Yeah, bam, over yeah. the top you go. Yeah, and and uh, two tight ends. Uh, Absolutely, you know, and boots. Uh, Misdirection. Great. Yeah, boots. Uh, hey, let's get under center a little right. bit there. Yeah. You know, some play action. Oh yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you got something else cooking there. You yeah. know, can you smell what the Canada's got cooking? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, I don't know. Those are all. These are good things that I I, I see. As possibilities, you know, coming up. Canadian bacon. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Close to my heart. Yeah. John Candy. That was a great movie. Yeah. You know, when, he, when they come over to attack from from Canada, that was beautiful. So I would look at, um, you know, I look at these guys, and when you're talking about the, the possibility of um, the running game being accelerated by the passing game, the passing game being accelerated by the running game. It's all copacetic because here's the point. If you can score more than 13 points a game like they did last year yeah. and, you know, be able to score 30 like they were with the, you know, right in the Bell, right. Roethlisberger, uh, Brown era there, they were capable of putting, ringing the bell 30 times right. in the game. You could turn the dogs loose. The dogs would be flying downhill. Right. Yeah. You know, so that I'm hoping that's the scenario I hope that is created. Well, there. you know, it, it will be can it, uh, be uh, created because, uh, you know, I, Eric Ebron said, I would run two tight ends all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to run. Uh, I, I want to run two tight ends. And uh, and what sets Ben apart, he can't wait to see how he, he operates a game with two tight ends. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be really good. No question about it, yeah. man. You know, that's 
But it's all speculation until we get to it. And we're closing in for that first game in New York. New York. Yeah. You know, I hope they make sure that the night before they get in there for New York, they get the New York cheesecake. Yeah. You know, because it was always important. I had always ate cheesecake the night before a game. Did you? Oh, yeah. Cherry cheesecake. Don't you remember? No. New York style cheesecake, always. You got to get your carbs, man. Yeah. You know, we'd have a little protein and, you know, you eat your steak and all that stuff. Then you got to finish up with some good carbs. Right. Help you sleep, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it keeps you awake. No. The sugar not, keeps when you When we awake. were in our 20s, we didn't worry about stuff like that. Right. Come on. Right. Right. Jacob, you are you a cheesecake fan? All right. There you go. Yeah. I love cherry cheesecake. A little whipped cream. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love cherry cheesecake, too. No, okay, well, but I go. can't eat it anymore because no. it gives me headaches. Ah. All right. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch, and you're in a locker room. 412-919-1316. Uh, we'll be Top back the after hour, this. the great yeah, Donnie yeah, Shell joining us. Donnie the Shell. The legend. Hall of The Famer. human torpedo. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just tired of losing, and me recreating any goal that I've had is pointless. Um, I just want to win here, um, and that's kind of like my only goal. Um, as far as my ankles, my ankles are, are good, man. I, I think I run pretty well. They like they like the way that I run, so I guess I'm pretty good. As far as being 100% healthy, I was first day of practice that went out the window, so. <laughs> I'm not 100% anymore, but I'm healthy. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So Eric Ebron uh, was talking about he's sick of losing. He played for Detroit and he played for the Indianapolis Colts, but he is so excited about playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he wants to help uh, win a championship. And, uh, you know, one you know, of the, it's not hard to get guys to want to play for the Steelers. Yeah. They have a reputation throughout the league yeah. that it's a good place to play. And we've heard from guys that have gone away and then right. come back. And it's it's all the same. You know, you, you want to. Guys yeah. want to play in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things he was talking about, he said, I'm not 100% because, uh, you know, Chuck used to say, notice how you feel right now. That's the best you're going right. to feel all season long. Well, and it's true, Chalooch. Yeah. You know, we've told the story many times. Our rookie year, Joe Green, for the, all the press stuff, when we go report on the first day and we run, he said, fellas, give me a minute. This is the best I'm going to feel until yeah. February or March. And that's the way it was. I mean, you know, it, back in the day. Now they have the opportunity to feel a little better about themselves yeah. because they don't hit as much. They don't. The, do all the things that we had to do and they they play on uh, generally grass surfaces which is a heck of a lot easier on your ankles knees and hips than the hard artificial turf of three river stadiums such as we grew up on yeah yeah and uh you know i i just think that uh, uh it was turf was hard <laughs> and turf was uh, it was you ridiculously know, yeah. hard it was like a brillo soap pad on right. top of uh, asphalt, you know what I mean? So, hey, it is what it is. The, these guys will be better. They'll be healthier. 
you know, in the long term as they come out of the game. And that's all that's all good stuff. That's all good points. But again, moving on to Eric Ebron is going to help this offense. And it's going to, I think, in many ways, be able to help them in running um, some wide receiver friendly patterns that yeah. maybe normally, maybe Vance can't get down the field on. No, you know, but Ebron's got the ability. Vance can get down the field. Well, I'm talking. I'm I'm talking about Ebron. I think he's a little bit faster. Okay, yeah. he can run. It's it's like um, again, was it Devin Bush said? Uh, I think it was Devin. But one of the one of the defenders said, you know what? He cuts like a, a wide receiver, and that's one of the things I think he brings that lanky looseness right. in route running. You know, he's got a big wingspan, as you've pointed out. His his catch span is is big. Yeah, and he's going to be a big target. You're talking the four fives. That he runs, and uh, I, I I like it because I think uh, you're going to have to have a balanced defense. You're not going to be able to throw an extra defensive back out there, and I I think that uh, they can take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, I I just I think they could do it too. I I yeah, I'm a fan of Eric Ebron's. I'm I'm curious to see how uh, uh, how he's going to uh, go the, um, in the football season. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, again, as Ben goes, so goes the offense. Yeah. As Ben goes, basically, so will go the defense. Because the defense is going to be able to do a lot of things based on what Ben does with the offense. Again, you get that lead, Hounds of Baskervilles can feed. You know, you get that lead, you can run the ball. Kind of back like in the day with uh, JB. You know, you throw to set up the run in the second half. So yeah, we'll see how they all, all how it all turns out. It's all you know one of those things that um, you know you wait on as we move along here. What's hard to to do is to assess where you're at without any games. That's the problem in my mind. You're not yeah. seeing the result of you know in practice. You see one thing like Ben going uh, Zippo in his, uh, you know, seven shots. Yeah. But then he comes back and he does well in the two-minute offense and all. You want to see the game-like conditions, but right now they're just scenario-driven. So they're just basically putting out different scenarios and seeing where you uh, excel and don't excel, and then you've got to make the judgment call. Part of that is, you know, who's first team, who's second team. And Mike Tomlin, as as he said in the one uh, pool report, I loved it, he said, uh, you know what, come the season, fellas, there's no such thing as a third team. Yeah. You know, you better pick it up. Yeah, what, what we were talking about Earl Thomas, and, uh, you know, he there's he, some he, he there. went from uh, um, Seattle to uh, Baltimore, and he just got in a fight with, uh, I think it was uh, Corey Clark. and Fellow uh, defensive yeah, back. Yeah, and, and, and he didn't um, – and it wasn't uh, a wide receiver or a running back or, you know, you, usually you get in fights with the guy you're playing against. Right. But he like got in the fight. Jets. Yeah. It's guards against linebackers. They had a bunch of fights between offensive linemen and, and, and the second-level guys. Well, that's a normal thing. That's just a normal day. Yeah. But with the uh, what's going on in Baltimore, I find it interesting because they – you know what? The, the Ravens have to eat like $15 million in dead money. I mean, yeah, this is a guy is from what I've read of this 21 whole, million, 15, 21. Yeah, however, yeah, it's yeah. big money. Well, 21 million. He was due. OK, they in this report, it says 15 million oh. in dead money. Wow. I don't know what you know, whatever. The point being is this. That's a heck of a lot of money to have to eat. This is a guy they brought in who has been a, a Pro Bowl performer, a guy who's I, I think he's, a, you know, pretty high level player right. still. 
And he, they said, by all reports, he looked in great shape. Right. Now, whatever transpired, whatever happened. They cut him. Um, they did. And they moved so decisively. This was not, um, you know what, uh, we got the last cuts here. That's Now we're gonna, he's going to be a problem. No. I mean, they, they moved decisively on this. I found that very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it says something about what happened. Yeah. What happened wasn't your normal whatever happened happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your normal fight between teammates. You know what I mean? Sometimes those things happen. Yeah. You know, you get uh, you get a little bit uh, ranked at somebody and, you know. Have you, have you ever it. fought a, uh, a fellow offensive lineman or a fellow uh, uh The closest I did was at Syracuse when Johnny McCollum was an offensive lineman. They moved him temporarily in spring ball uh, to defensive line. And uh, we got into it yeah, one day. And that, but but that was, that he wasn't an offensive no, lineman no. anymore. That's why I say it's so unusual. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, you know, then you think about uh, Ernie Holmes, Joe Green. They got into it. They're teammates. They got into it. Into but they didn't, they didn't fight. No, because it was broken up before. Yeah. But it was definitely heading that way. You know, yeah. that would have been. Boy, that would have been well. That was in the that was when they were watching film, right? And uh, Ernie wanted to get more money, right? And uh, and he went over to uh, Mr. Rooney's office and and asked for more money, and Mr. Rooney said no. And uh, so then he came back and uh, he was uh, uh, complaining, and uh, Joe Green said, uh, uh, "Don't complain. We have a play. We have a a." a Important game against Cincinnati, and then Ernie stood up. Joe stood up, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, Dwight White ran out of the room. And uh, uh, Elsie Greenwood said, "Oh, oh, oh!" Yeah. You know, Elsie was laughing. Exactly. And Dunny was uh, in a corner, <laughs> and uh, George Perlis <laughs> ran out of the room. Yep. The defensive line coach. Uh, cooler heads. Yeah. Took over. Yeah. Look, it's difficult to understand what really transpired there. Um, the, 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 I know the Ravens are hoping to recoup, uh, what, like $6 million of a guaranteed $10 million salary if he files a grievance. So, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, that, you, you got to be really – you got to really honk some people off. Right. And I wonder if uh, – well – I don't want to get into speculation because he's had other issues. Yeah. You know, he left Seattle under tough circumstances. There was some personal life issues that uh, Earl has suffered through that uh, made headlines. And, uh, we, you know, that's his business. And I don't, I take, you know, no joy in talking about stuff like that. Um, so this is just the latest of kind of like watching a player un- unravel. A little right. Bit. Yeah. So I hope that he regains. Uh, his footing and that uh, somebody gives him the opportunity. But a lot of, I've heard some people say, you know, that the Steelers should pick him up a safety and go, no, you're just importing somebody else's problems. Right, right, right. If, if the Ravens had to let him go, because no matter what they say, all right, dead cap space, right. You, you, you avoid that like the plague. Right. All right. And you acted decisively to let him go within yeah. 24, 48, 72 hours of the incident. Yeah, Zooks, man. You, what he did behind closed doors, nobody's talking about. Is right. detrimental enough that you're going to act that decisively and eat that money? Well, you don't want that problem. Yeah. Uh, and uh, do you think someone's going to pick him up? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Somebody will pick him up. Yeah. You know, but it won't be here. All right. We're going to be uh, uh, going to break. And after the break, Hall of Famer 
the human torpedo, four Super Bowl winner, five Pro Bowls, Donnie Shell will be. How about that, man? Yeah, yeah. Stick that, around. You yeah. want to hear from D Shell. Yeah, D Shell. He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you are in a locker room. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, hit me with your best shot is very apropos for our guest, Donnie Shell, the human torpedo, Hall of Famer, and uh, a And great, we can say Hall of Famer, yeah, baby. Yeah, a great friend of ours and a teammate and a brother of ours. And, Donnie, how you doing, bro? Doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? We are fantabulous, and we are so excited. Thank you for coming in the locker room with us today. It's so great to say Hall of Famer Donnie, Donnie Shell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don, so, Donnie, when uh, when you were notified that you were in the Hall of Fame, what was it like? Uh, I've never been lost for words. I Donnie. Lost for words. My wife told me that you said, man, you never, <laughs> you always been uh, uh, able to speak and say what you wanted to say, but uh, just a loss for words, man. And uh, I had to think about it and really process it. Donnie, when you got that info, you know, I, here's the thing about it. It's got to be one of the toughest things to go on because you got Alan Fanica, who's been a finalist five years in a row, you know, and. And that's, I understand your story is every bit as debilitating in my mind in the sense you were overlooked for so long. And so this, this whole Hall of Fame process, you wonder, Gadzooks, man, is it all about Steeler fatigue? Are they tired of putting Steelers in the, in the Hall of Fame? Well, they, they need to change the rules on how you get in, <laughs> if they are. <laughs> no, uh, I think... Everybody is, is, is very deserving. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Fanica will get in. Uh, he's, he's very deserving, and all the others has been up. And um, you just got to wait and be patient. You know, Donnie, um, one of uh, you are a great example to Wolf and I as a mm -hmm. godly man. And uh, uh, when John Stallworth was uh, with us last week, I, you know, I mentioned that you, when I tore my rotator cuff, you both came into our room, uh, me and uh, Wolf's, and prayed for me, and that that was uh, so volumes. that was such a blessing. Yeah. Well, you know, Tons, when you see your, your your teammate hurting, you you know, you just reach out. Um, you, you you don't care. Uh, um, uh, what nationality is, what race is, you don't even see that. You see somebody is hurting, and we just reached out to you guys, to you, uh, and prayed for you, man. You know what's funny? You you speak that way. You reached out on me, too, because I remember um, my first week when uh, I reported as a rookie, We uh, I pulled out on a P-38GO, and I'm sorry, P-39GO, and I pulled out there, and you airmailed me right to Chuck's feet. I remember that. And I remember Chuck looking down at me because I, I – 
I, boom, you came up and you, you had force. And I hit, and Chuck looked at me and says, son, that's not very impressive. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I thought it was. Did you see how far he drilled me? <laughs> Donnie, you've been, you've been, <laughs> oh, I've told this story before, but it's a true story, man. But you were such a leader of that defense. When I look at the, the, the stats that you guys had, it was it was phenomenal. What was it, 76, 77, when you guys had shutouts and everything going on there? Uh, yeah, 77, I believe. Yeah, we, 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 had, we had some great um, uh, great defenses back in the early 70s, um, uh, Wolf. And more importantly, we had uh, great character and leadership on our team. And guys were leaders that were not captains. A lot of people don't know that. Right. You know, one of the guys that you influenced so much, I was I read an article by about Tony Dungy, and Tony talks about how when he was moved from quarterback to safety and he was roomed with you, and that you played a huge role in his life and in really helping him to overcoming. He was, I what do you have, mononucleosis in camp, and it was just one of those things yeah. that it's really hard. But speak a little bit about the – you know, the relationship you've had with Tony. In fact, by the way, now you can both wear the same, you know, you have similar jackets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Hey, Tony is a, is a great person. I, I thought he's, he was very intelligent, very studious of the game. And what, I asked him, I, uh, I said, well, what do you want to be um, after uh, football? He said, I want to be a coach. I said, man, you kidding me? <laughs> You know, his, his dad was a doctor, his, his sister was a doctor, and, and he wants to be a coach. And he looked at the tape and stuff very adamantly about uh, being prepared. But then he caught money nucleosis in training camp, I think, in, in 1977. And um, he, he, uh, Chuck wouldn't let him go out to practice. He said, just go to the room and rest. But, you know, being a rookie, uh, Wolf, man, you got to get as many reps as possible. Right. Yeah. And then um, – I looked at him, and, I said, and then he thought that he wasn't going to make the team. And I, I said, I said, well, Tony, you know, you told me you wanted to be a coach, and I know you study a lot, and, but do you think you're putting uh, football before before the Lord uh, in this case? And he stroked that long chin and thought, he said, mm, <laughs> never even thought about that, Donnie. Uh, but the next day he told me that, you know, he said, you're right. You know, um, and I, I saw him hurt, and I just wanted to try to help him, and, um, he said that um, in his book that that was the turning point uh, spiritually for him uh, in his life. But 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 you, you you know that was my intent. My intent was to reach out and help. Right. And I think when we are serving leaders and reaching out with our hearts to help, I think God honors it. Yeah, Donnie, uh, uh, you were a, a great example of a godly man. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I I love the story about uh, you uh, going down to the lobby the night before the AFC championship game against the Raiders and uh, and talking to that guy who was the chaplain speaker the next day. Tell that story. Yeah, we, you know, we, we, were, we had gone up and down seasons my, my rookie year, and, and we finally hit our stride and, and got in the playoffs and beat Buffalo at home, held O.J. Simpson to 40 yards rushing, and was out going out to play the Big Bag Raiders in Oakland. And I was just sitting on the plane, man. You know, it's about a four-hour ride, and it's reminiscent about my life. I said, mm, okay. You say you couldn't go to college. Now you, you got college, you got your degree, and uh, you wasn't drafted. You was a free agent. You said you weren't, weren't going to make the team. You made the team. And 
Now we going out to play in the AFC Championship game, and we win this game, man. We, you know, we'll be in the Super Bowl. So um, I got to the hotel. I said, okay, yeah, and uh, I just couldn't rest, couldn't sleep. And I was just, uh, I got up and I wondered why, and uh, I couldn't figure it out. And uh, I went downstairs to get me something to eat. So I saw this, and he was it's a white guy, um, and uh, I just dumped on him. Man. I was so heavy. I said, Mister, can you tell me? Um, why I'm not happy. I got my college degree playing two sports in, in, in college, and um, I came up as an undrafted free agent and I made the team, and, and now we're in the uh, AFC championship game. We win this game, we go to the Super Bowl. He just said, playing this, this. He said, sure, Donnie. He said, nothing wrong with those things and those accomplishments, but what you're trying to do, you're trying to reach up uh, to God, and God is holy and you unholy. Hmm. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, I'm, I told him I was doomed. He said, no, you're not. He said, for God to love the world, he gave his only begotten son. Amen. Who shall believe me, I should not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, that was the first time I heard the gospel as clear uh, as that. And um, I told him, I said, uh, he said, I said, yeah, I want to accept Christ in my life. I said, I sure do. And, um, you know, that's not the end of the story. The next morning, I come to chapel. And guess who's the chapel? Paul Elshelman, the guy who introduced me to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fantastic, Donnie. You know, I, I you look at that and it just makes you aware. Look, nothing is by chance. Right. Not in God's view. Yeah. Nothing happens, you know, by chance. He put you here. Let me ask you this. You got put here. You were a linebacker at South Carolina State, correct? That's correct. All right. And then uh, the transition to safety, how did that go for you? I mean, that's 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 different, man. That's a whole different view from the defensive point of view. Well, I, I, I got introduced um, uh, my senior year. Uh, coach Willie Jeffries became the head coach at South Carolina State University. And he brought in the 4-3 defense. And um, on certain defenses, uh, they, they put me at uh, strong safety. Uh, and other, other defenses, I play outside linebacker. But on certain defenses, he introduced the four-three defense and, and uh, to me. And <clears throat> my defensive back coach played with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. Uh, he was a defensive back, and uh, he did a great job of instilling, installing the four-three and the, also the packages. So some of the some of that was uh, was uh, familiar to me when I got there, but. All the nuances of playing the position, the techniques, I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, Donnie, uh, when when you knocked out Earl Campbell uh, in the Houston game, you know, he had a, over 100 yards in the first half. Uh, what was that like? Uh I told Joe Green at halftime, if y'all didn't stop him, man, he was going to beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, coming out in the second half, man, we had to, we had to do something. I think uh, on that play, kind of like a toss play, and Mike Wagner came up and hit him, and he spun out of Mike, and I, I came across and, and caught him um, and, and kind of uh, broke his ribs. Um, it, it was. I'm glad to know that uh, after talking with him, he said he wasn't hurt, and so – I was glad, and I was glad, too, that he wasn't running the ball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Donnie, as you look back, who are the who are the people that impacted your life most? We heard the uh, the pastor that you just referenced, Paul, Esch- Paul Eshelman. Yeah, Paul Eshelman. Who else really impacted you uh, in your life and, and your walk? Uh, it's all my parents, uh, especially my mom. My mom was a spiritual leader in, in our home, and uh, she's adamant about uh, us going to the church every Sunday, Sunday mm. school every Sunday. Um, and I think that gave me a foundation. Um, um, and from there, um, uh, my high school coach, Coach Leslie Johnson, uh, instilled within me that I can do whatever I want to do or be whoever I want to be uh, if I put the work in and work hard. And when I got to South Carolina State, uh, Coach Willie Jeffries, man, um, awesome, awesome coach. Um, as a matter of fact, he was the first African-American coach to coach in Division One ball. Mm. And he was uh, very instrumental in me coming to the Steelers because uh, I had uh, undrafted. Uh, I was undrafted and had choices to go to Houston, Denver, or Pittsburgh. And he was um, adamant about me uh, going to Pittsburgh. That's wild. Yeah, that's great. And also, I can't forget about Hollis when I got to Pittsburgh. Oh, yes, Hollis uh, he Bible study leader. Yeah, and, and, and did a great job of teaching us. And um, um, I just love to read and study, and especially about history. Um, he did a great job of teaching us and encouraging us and, and, um, and uh, getting us prepared. Um, um, to to be used by God, and uh, um, I, I, I don't forget uh, Hollis. A phenomenal job of teaching. Mm, yeah. No, not only did Hollis teach us, but he put us out there. <laughs> uh, you know, he 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 yep. challenged us to share our testimonies. And walk our he faith challenged out. Yeah. He, he challenged us to teach, and uh, he challenged us w- with the uh, athletes in action mm-hmm. football camp. And you know, he discipled us. Yes, and, and you know, we we took a, we took a trip down to Daytona on during the, during yeah. the uh, spring break. Uh, yeah, to, to talk with the uh, the students on at the beach, man. So. He he really did, and I'm, I'm glad he did because that's kind of uh, kind of got our feet wet, you know, getting out there and getting a little experience. By, uh, Absolutely, you learn what what to share and what not to share. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, how did that? Let me ask you this: because you went to the Carolina Panthers as a player in the player development department, was was that, uh, do I have that correct? Yes. Okay, so you had that Director opportunity. Player development. Yes. yes, you had that opportunity also to take all the lessons of life that you've learned and share that with a younger generation. Uh, it, it, how did that go? And, and did you enjoy that? Oh, it, it was, it was great, man. It's, it, it, it was a calling by God. I have a chance, like you said, uh, to, uh, sow back into the life that people had sown in my life. I had a chance to sow back into the, those young players lives, uh, doing their career and prepare them for life after sports. Mm. Uh, family-wise and, and, and um, uh, off the field and, and on the field. Uh, it, it was it was rewarding. It was rewarding. I had been uh, prepared good for it, and I, um, uh, so I really enjoyed it. So now you've got a nonprofit, uh, uh, and you help kids get to college. Uh, Donnie, t- tell about uh, – explain uh, to our listeners about uh, what's that, what that is like. 
fast forward in our story to about five years ago, the Donnie Shell Scholarship Foundation. Uh, we wanted to give and help uh, kids whose parents could not afford to pay for their college tuition. And um, uh, we chose Iowa Model South Carolina State to work with. And um, we give GAP scholarships where their parents have um, run out of financial resources. We'll come in and, and, and give a $25 scholarship, a, a buy a computer, a buy books, a buy whatever necessities that they need that their parents uh, uh, can't afford uh, to give them. Uh, so it's, it's been great. It's been great. It's been exciting um, to see it grow. Uh, and if, if you want to uh, help out, and you know what? I can identify with those. Students now tons because I was one of those students. Uh, my parents couldn't afford to pay mm-hmm. for my college education. Is uh, I got a scholarship in football and baseball to go to school. So, if you want to help uh, some deserving, smart, intelligent young people who really appreciate uh, your support, you can go to donnyshell.com and and uh, make a donation to the Donnie Shell Scholarship Foundation. Yeah, so donnyshell.com. Uh, have a, a young man or young lady go to college. That's terrific. That's about uh, sewing yes. back into life. I love that, Donnie. That's really cool. And they, and they so appreciative, uh, Tonton Wolf, and at our golf tournament, our annual golf tournament every year, they come back and they give a testimony uh, to our sponsors of how they've been assisted and helped. And I, I can tell you, you talking about executives shedding tears. Mm. Uh, when they talk, it's, it's amazing the impact that it, uh, it has had on their lives. Donnie, the whole thing really in today's life, you know, I think about, you know, when when Jesus was talking in the New Testament there and he says, you know what, basically it comes down to this, the law of the prophets, all right? Love your neighbor, love God with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. One of the things that I, I know is that in football, we learned how to love each other. Yeah. That Everybody in that that locker room, everybody in that huddle, everybody in that meeting room. Yeah, um, we were all the same. Yeah. yeah, and you learn to love each other. That's one of the most important things I can ever think about football. Yeah. Oh, that's why I like football and sports, man. I mean, when you when you're a team, you're a team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you hurt, when your teammates hurting, you're hurting. Yeah. When your teammates have success, you have success. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like to say this to the young people. Because you uh, buy into the team concept does not mean that you're not going to accomplish your individual goals. Yeah. But you cannot put your individual goals before the team. Mm. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't work. You're going to have conflict. And it, it, didn't, it didn't deter me at all. It didn't deter me about my goals. I, I, I eventually started and made All-Pro. We became Super Bowl champions. But uh, it was within the framework of the team. It's so important. So, you know, when, uh, when I came to the Steelers, you know, I was a Muslim, uh, Donnie, and uh, I, I saw you guys that the, the loved Jesus, loved each other, loved me, and you guys loved like Jesus. And I was so attracted to the body of Christ uh, then, and, uh, and uh, Wolf led me to, uh, to and Christ. And to do that in the framework yeah. of football, so yeah. cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. Even when your you're, you're good buddy, the guy you look up to, who's a future Hall of Famer like Donnie Shell, yeah. airmails me to Chuck Knoll's feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I was getting 
you're ready, boy. <laughs> yeah. You better. You got me ready, all right, my friend. You did indeed. <laughs> Donnie, we love you, buddy. Thank Much you love, for bro. thank you for uh uh joining us uh in the locker room and God bless you and God bless your uh uh, your ministry and DonnieShell.com uh, was Donnie, that it, Donnie? Yeah, DonnieShell.com. Okay. Yeah, DonnieShell.com. Yeah, that was it. Hey, man, for love you guys. I appreciate y'all, man. You know I do. All yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. Y'all stay healthy now. Be, be, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Wear your mask. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. We we were. I'm much better. Look, drive, I'm more. much better looking with my mask yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Donnie. Thanks, Donnie. All right, we're hey, gonna appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to love you, buddy. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back with more stuff. He's Wolf, who doesn't wear a mask. I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, I wear yeah, a mask. You, you don't wear a mask. You, I, I you, do, too. You, the, the mask is is small on your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to take a break, and we'll be back that with really more unfair. stuff. I mean, when I was in Detroit, we hit it. Um, so not that long ago, but um, it felt it felt like a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you usually don't hit a sled anymore. I think they kind of get rid of that in college. So I mean, Detroit, we did it. It was more of a heavy bag, um, but we hit something. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago. It's just something that you don't do often. You think you get rid of it when you get to. The, to the NFL, but I guess not. JD is my coach, and he's been here longer than most people. <laughs> You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Well, we're back. Uh, he's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you're in the locker room, and it's uh, 412-919-1316. Uh, so... We yeah. are at the we we completed the first week of pads. That you got the who who's the guy that stands out most for you? Well, you know, and there's uh, no right or wrong. Yeah, this yeah. Is who got in your vision? Yeah, captured your your thought process. So well, to speak. you know, one of the 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 guys is Vince Williams because you know one of the things that I love when he does. He's a shaker and a pass rush, but then he shakes and explodes into the running back or the offensive guard or the center and drives them back. You mm -hmm. know, he's got a great bull rush, uh, and, I, and I like that. And I love the way he uh, plays with his eyes, and uh, he doesn't guess wrong. You know, uh, he inter you know, he intersects the uh, uh, the offensive guard at the point of attack, and then he uh, he backdoors it, and he's always uh, in position to play. And I love the way that Devin Bush is playing well, sideline to side. I said, give me one. Yeah, okay. All right, so I'm going to go with mine. That's UG3. 
All right, and that's the guy that I think, for me, has been standing I've been looking for him to stand out. Yeah. Uh, he, to me, I love he's explosive, all that stuff, decisive. Uh, to me, he looked like he belonged. Well, that's one of the things that I thought really stood out to me. He wasn't one of these guys that you go, wow, you know what I mean? He's whiffing here, there, and stuff. No, he, does, no, he doesn't he, whiff. No, he looks like he belongs out there, and I love the fact that his coverage skills are they are better than I even imagined. Right. Right now, we've seen him do some things in coverage that I think is just absolutely spectacular. So I'm hoping that UG3 continues his rise because he's a guy that I think can do some uh, do some really good things for this team. Yeah, he's explosive and he's fast and he's a good tackler uh, and he's a good cover guy. Uh, and he's uh, sideline to sideline. Give me your second guy. Who else stood out for you? Uh, Anthony McFarlane. Okay. I, I love Anthony McFarland. Uh, you know he is—he's uh, uh, got a great jump cut. He presses the uh, the tight end on the outside zone, but he cuts it back. And uh, and you know when he gets into the secondary, he's fast. Uh, he is yes, fast. He is. Yeah, he is fast. And uh, he's physical, and he's elusive. Uh, you know, I, I I like that guy. I I I think he's going to be the backup to James Conner, and I James was uh, James has been uh, impressive to me as well. Very good. My second guy to say is Chase Claypool. Uh, just right. we saw him high point in a TD. The fact that Joe Hayden would recognize him as being a guy who's going to create a problem. We all saw him. We saw him do a toe top, a nice little toe tapper, closet catch. But like you said, he's physical. He yeah. was chasing down on the special teams, doing a good job on the punts. So I like it. I like this. He's going to make those safeties lean right. his way. Yeah. They're going to see him out there and say, hey, that's 6'4", or 4'4", and 40-inch vertical. Uh, I got to kind of lean that way. And I think that he's going to also, besides be an excellent receiver, he's going to create those windows that other guys can draft through. Yeah, and yeah. And I think that's important. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of Chase Claypool as well. You know, he's got a great catch radius. Uh, he's shredded. Uh, he's very, very physical. And, you know, when he when he clubs a guy uh, to swim him, he cartwheels a guy. And, uh, I, you know, and I, I like him as the gunner on the punt team. Because he's fast and uh, he's physical and he's going to make a lot of tackles. You know what? He's uh, one of those guys that, like at the, uh, you know, one of the All Star games that he played in. I mean, he he, he like volunteered yeah. for special teams. Yeah, that's unusual for a guy that uh, comes with that high a resume. All those physical attributes, excellent. Uh, the third guy that stood out for me was Eric Ebron, somebody that you've been talking about all week long and. I think, uh, you know what, this young man is uh, somebody that's very impressive. I hope that he continues yeah. to impress. I also hope he continues to be excited about Mike Tomlin come over and watch him block because we need him to be able to block. You know, he, he, needs, he needs to be able to block to be that twin-headed monster of tight ends that, that we could have. He's excited about being here. You know, I, I just think he's excited he plays it with a lot of energy. What what are you what are you saying? Well, I'm just saying I hope that it continues. Yeah. You know I, I think it will continue. I, I hope that it continues. I, I hope that he's continuing to be excited about blocking yeah. and takes it as is right now as serious as he appears to be taking. And I I love it. 
Because you, yeah, you can see that nice wide receiver swankiness he's got when he when he right. cuts. Yeah. he's got he moves like a big wide receiver. He almost kind of reminded me of um, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, remember how big he was? Yeah, we walked across Keyshawn Johnson somewhere out in San Francisco, or no, it had to be what Dallas? the Jets. Jets. Yeah, Gadzooks. I couldn't remember. I couldn't. He was huge though. Yeah. You know, and Eric Ebron, you look at him, 6'4", 253. Right. Runs a 4'5-something, four, 4'6", four, somewhere in there. That's pretty good stuff. Right. So he kind of reminds me of that big body type. Okay, so next guy. Who else stood out to you? Yeah, um, the other guy that uh, – uh, Big Al. Okay. Villanueva. Very good. Uh, you know, Al uh, – you know, I think Al – has come into the camp to make a statement. Uh, and, you know, his, uh, he's he's better with his footwork. He's better with his punches. He's better coming off the ball. Uh, and, uh, you he know. Gra- he graduated last year, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think he went to – he was going to school for something or other. I thought he was going to <clears> law <throat> school. That's what I'm thinking. Did, yeah. I, did he graduate? I couldn't remember. I, I don't know. Because maybe, you know, because it's hard. Dwayne Woodruff will tell you, it's right. hard to yeah. go to law school. Yeah. I, I had a terrible time going to school. With, yeah. uh, you, you, you didn't finish. <laughs> terrible. It was yeah. just terrible. Yeah. Chuck Barkley, terrible. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were an attendee. <laughs> uh, my fourth guy that I'd pick out is Ola. I yeah. just. Ola has really – he looks stronger. Yeah. He looks really good at the point of attack. Not that he didn't set the edge before, but he looks more demonstrative and powerful when he does it. Uh, the other things is um, what we used to refer to as team meetings at the quarterback. Right. You know, where there's always like a jailbreak and there's somebody – he's always around the quarterback right. on the pass rushing situation. So Ola's another guy that I thought has stood out to me through this first week. You know, he's got a skip stack. You know, uh, he's got a non-rhythmic. Well, he's non-rhythmic. Rush. He's like, yeah. he's like when uh, when I danced. I was very yeah. non-rhythmic. Yeah, you were very non-rhythmic. Was very terrible. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, man. terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like Ola too. Uh, he was my uh, uh, camp phenom two years ago. Right. Hey, we, we haven't picked camp phenoms. No, yet. we haven't. It's yeah, been really. I, I, it's a funky year. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick. It's camp just not phenoms. really good. But uh, I will say this, uh, and just finishing up real quick, uh, Devin Bush was my fifth guy that I picked out, and I just I love where this kid's going. Right. You know, this kid's just he's got greatness plastered all over him. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. You know, last year he uh, started out the year. A little bit of uh, paralysis by analysis, right? You know, but then the as the season progressed, just slowing down. Yeah, man. he 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 was uh, um, more uh, acute to the eyes, and he was reacting better. Well, quicker. we'll see where these guys go from here. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We got go down to practice. We'll take a look. By the way, I got a white tiger sighting too. You know, the the white tiger that comes out every now and then. And what? Antoine Brooks, that young man, saw him a little bit flash last week. So hopefully he continues on an upward climb because I like the fact they call him a halfback or half safety. Kind of reminds me of Donnie Shell. Right. Yeah. And Donnie, uh, w- with the interview of Donnie, he was great. Donnie's great. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He was great. I like, I like how Donnie go, hey, you know, you airmailed me to Chuck's feet. I was just preparing you. Yeah. <laughs> 
absolutely. Yeah, he was just preparing well, he you. He was. I mean, yeah. Donnie, Donnie was just one of those guys that uh, he had legendary toughness. He was uh, just a great player. And here's the thing that I always respected about Donnie. Yeah. The fact of the matter is this. You know, this guy was intercepting four, five, six, seven interceptions a year, even back in the day when they only threw the ball 15 yeah. to 20 times a game. Yeah. It's not like they were lighting it up 40, 50 times a right. game. This guy, even in his 30s, was still getting the job done at a super high level, yeah. even when there wasn't much pickings. Yeah, he was a great so. player. And I, I, I'm glad he's been selected to the Hall of Fame. Oh, All right, we're going to take a break. He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. We're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. So did you ever dance in the moonlight? Yeah, I danced did in the moonlight. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't, it's, it's, uh, No. Yeah, yeah. You, but you, you can't dance. Well, no, that's the problem. Yeah, that's you know? right, I, that's I don't have yeah, – the yeah. rhythm's not very good. All right, so uh, we have – I uh, dance like Ola pass rushes. Yeah, yeah. Non-rhythmic. We have a great uh, uh, interview with Tyson Alu Alu, and we're going to it right now. Question about going to nose tackle a lot this year. What did you do physically to prepare for that? And um, can you talk about the importance of that job if you're uh, taking over for Javon in large part as the nose tackle this year? Um, okay. I, I don't think I did too much different uh, preparing to play nose tackle because in our in our defense, especially when we're in nickel, we always we play a lot, um, you know, over the center. So it was – a lot of those repetitive things playing from whether we're in the tilt over the center, on the center, or in the two eye over the guard. Um, but it's, I think it's more of a, a mental thing, uh, playing inside, especially in our OP defense, um, being able to, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more quick getting your hands on the center. So it's, um, just more of a mentality, you know, the further and further you move away from the ball, whether you're playing D tackle or DN, you, you get more space. But when you're playing no tackles, um, you kind of get get a lot more action a lot faster. So it's, um, I guess, getting your hands a lot more quicker. So it's just working on that throughout the off season. Um, but it's, you know, I've seen J Javon work um, throughout the years that I've been here. So it's, I think I got firsthand, you know, what it looks like to be, you know, good and a great nose tackle. So uh, seeing him work, seeing how he operates, you know, on a daily basis from uh, practice and, you know, letting it translate to the games. I think um, being able to see how he plays, I think it was definitely positive for me moving forward. All righty, let's go to Dale Lally. Dale, go ahead. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, last year, you uh, you're, you have to come in and replace uh, Stefan at defensive end. This year, you're replacing uh, Javon at nose tackle. Um, 
anything you can't do on the defensive line, Tyson? Is, is it all pretty similar in terms of that? I know you just kind of talked about that a little bit, but uh, any more pressure uh, doing this from this from the on, onset as opposed to doing it in season? Um, I don't think it's any more pressure. I, I know, I think I've been around the league for a while to know, you know, whenever your number's called, you have to be ready. Uh, but um, I mean, it's, it's, it's no different. Um, just, you know, when you have your opportunity, you know, coaches and uh, preach, it, preach it a lot, you know, the standard is a standard, no matter, you know, what ways or how you got here, whatever is expected as for the starter to do or whoever was before you, um, the, you know, the expectation is always high. You, you always got to play to that level uh, for you to keep that job. So, um, you know, filling in for Javon, um, you know, he played very well uh, here. And, you know, I look forward to doing the same, whether it's, you know, me out there or just you know, try to teach the young guys, you know, what, the standard of, you know, what's, what's expected to play a nose tackle or defensive end. All righty, let's go to Joe Rudder. Joe, go ahead. When was the last time you got regular snaps at nose tackle? And do you kind of take it as a compliment that they came to you first to finish off? I think so. I think last year, um, you know, whether um, it was just giving guys blows, but I played over the center, uh, taking a few snaps there. Um, but as far as uh, compliment, I think so. Um, you know, being a vet in this league, um, it's just always about knowing your job and doing your job and earning the respect of your teammates and coaches. And, um, you know, if they trust you enough to put you out there, you got to make, make the most of it. Thanks. Let's move on to Brooke Fryer. Brooke, go ahead. Tyson, you guys added Chris Wormley uh, in free agency with that trade. I know he's been out at least while we've been watching practice. Are you guys able to get a good gauge on what he brings to the defensive line and what he kind of adds uh, for you guys? Yeah, I think I did. Um, just seeing him, you know, when he is out there, uh, you can tell that he's a strong player and uh, very technical sound. And I think in this defense, um, when you know what to do and, and your technique is correct, I think you got a great chance. And I think he'll definitely help out, um, you know, be that guy to fill in when camera to it need, need, need to blow. Um, I don't think, and I believe, you know, you, he'll be that guy to where he can go in and not lose a step. All right, we'll move on to Mike Trizuda. Triv, go ahead. Nice seeing you guys put on a little bit of a show last night. Uh, Warm-up music, wearing the uniforms, the offense introduced. Was that uh, much different, and uh, was it the, of much value preparing for a real game? Uh, yeah, it's definitely different, you know, not having um, the energy of the fans out there making noise. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still a game, and, you know, you got to go out there and execute and get the job done. So. It's still football. We're still out there having fun. And I think it was more so getting, you know, the new guys, the younger guys, um, that feel of, you know, what it's going to feel like on game day and um, just the, the normal preparations that we do leading up to a, you know, real game uh, without having these preseason. So I think it was big for us. And 
and that just makes it that much gives you that much um that feel of you know being close to you know playing football all right let's uh move on to mark caboli mark go ahead hey tyson i think maybe you missed one game because of injury maybe even that dating back all the way to high school what's your secret especially being you know jumbled up on the defensive line where anything can happen. What's the secret of your success of staying healthy? I don't know. I don't know the secret. Uh, I just know that I'm blessed, you know, to, to be in good health. And, uh, you know, I pray that it continues. Um, but I guess, you know, the more and more you play in this league, uh, you learn from, you know, just experiencing from other guys um, the best ways to take care of your body. Um, and I think uh, learning that over the years, I think has helped, but it's, I think it's that and just the mentality um, of, you know, if, if I'm able to go, I'm going to keep pushing uh, through, you know, those bumps and bruises, even on days when you don't feel like it. I think um, having that mentality and attitude um, just helps me, you know, um, just be available. You know, you hear that all the time from, well, there's coaches, you know, one of the best abilities is availability. And I think I take pride in that um, being being available to, you know, anytime my number's called. All right, let's go to Brian Vacco. Brian, go ahead. Hey, Tyson, more of a lighthearted question here on a Sunday afternoon for you. But with this being a different kind of camp, not at Latrobe, uh, a lot of practice with with no games to break it up with some of the stuff you guys are doing to keep things light and, and do some team bonding in the locker room? Um, well, the first thing that pops to mind is, um, you know, it's, it's always a lot of fun and interesting conversations that you have in locker rooms and things that stay there. But uh, this offseason, the different thing is, you know, we've been playing spike ball. And, you know, with anything as athletes, you kind of get real competitive. Um, so it, it was like you form teams and, uh, talk a lot of smack, but right now, uh, you know, TJ, TJ is my partner and we've been playing pretty well. We, I think our record is like 11 and one. So still the number one seed, but uh, <laughs> that, that's that been fun uh, being able to, you know, have that build that camaraderie with, you know, a lot of the guys. Who made the teams? And if you guys are the best team, then who's the worst? <laughs> uh, I think it was whoever was there. Um, to start off the game, it was just, I think uh, whoever was there, we just kind of picked teams and started. And then other guys started seeing us play and um, just picked their teams from there. But the worst team, I think the worst, well, the worst team was Dan and Isaiah Bugs, but I think they got kicked out of the league. So I don't know who's the worst now. <laughs> So that was Tyson Alu Alu, and that was a great interview. And uh, we just uh, had a great show uh, with the addition of Donnie Shell on. And uh, love Donnie, yeah, yeah, you gotta love Donnie. And he's Wolf, and I'm Touch. And Jake Jacob did a great job. He always does a great job. So we're uh, we're out of well, time. He's a true pro now. Yeah. See, last year semi-pro, yeah. semi-pay. Well, now he's a full pro with yeah. full pay. So, he's just killing it, man. So we're out of time. So long, and God bless everyone. He was. Uh, he's Still Wolf, am. and I'm Tunch, <laughs> and you were in the locker room.